You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Winter, spring, summer, fall. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's always baseball season and time for talking about your Minnesota Twins. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show, keeping you connected with your team with the latest news, moves, interviews, and more. We have the bases covered. Now, here is your host of the Twins Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back to the Hot Stove Show, a brief uh, respite from football chatter as uh, we have pried Twins general manager Thad Levine off the Bold North uh, zip line. He was dangling above the Mississippi River. We have lured him back inside, and we are going to talk baseball for the next half hour. Thad is here. We'll talk about the, uh, speaking of frigid, uh, free agent market, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the other goings-ons in and around Major League Baseball. And then later on, one of the off-season additions, Addison Reed, is going to stop by and join us as well. And we'll chat with Mr. Reed and get to know him here in Twins territory. Did not have a chance uh, to attend Twins Fest. But first, Twins General Manager Thad Levine. And Thad, first of all, did you get on the zip line yet? I, I've uh, unharnessed myself. I'm back back on terra firma. I'm happy to be here. No terra firma. That's kind of a flash flashpoint word here at the uh, Twins Radio Network. I'll get Gladden on line two in about a, a minute and a half. Super Bowl, we can't avoid it, right? I mean, we are immersed in it here at the ballpark in, in downtown uh, Minneapolis. You've been around the World Series in, in your home ballpark a couple of times. What's the comparison? Because that's obviously the goal here is that there's a World Series at Target Field. We see the way downtown transforms itself, the entire metro, for a Super Bowl. What's the comp of the World Series? You know, it's it, the, the fervor around the Super Bowl is the week leading up to the game. I think the fervor around the World Series is that pocket of either three games or the two pockets of two games you have. But it transforms the city. I think we always believe the more fanaticism you have in your city, the better off the fans are for your sport as well. So we're ecstatic that it's here. We only wish that the Vikings would have had a chance to play in this game. They had an absolutely spectacular season. I hope the fans really enjoyed every second of that, and hopefully they'll be back in it next year. I thought it was really funny over Twins Fest weekend. There was a palpable energy boost following their win over over the Saints, and I think people like to pit the different sports franchises against one another, but it's very evident that when one team's doing well and the market's buzzing, everybody wins. Well, I, I think you saw it. Our, our whole team was singing on their behalf and trying to, to bolster their confidence. Our, our guys get ecstatic when, when their players are doing well, and I, I hope the same applies for all the major sports in, in this community, that once one team's doing well, everyone wants to rise to that level, and the fans are pushing them to succeed. Mitch Garber nearly spent half his rookie salary on a Vikings helmet in the silent auction when we were in Cedar Rapids, and he lives in New Mexico, so that tells you how far the reach can go. Uh, before we get into current situation uh, of the Twins roster and things going on in the free agent market that's still very, very frigid, baseball lost Kevin Towers. And I don't think there's a general manager, frankly, anybody in any front office who hasn't been touched by Kevin Towers over the course of the past decade and more. Uh, he passed away after a brave fight with cancer. He is the rarest of animal fat in that you don't find anybody in this game who I think has a bad word to say about him. Kevin was, uh, I mean, the, the whole industry, I think, is saddened by his loss. Uh, we're in a highly competitive environment, and I think there's every single person in the game felt like Kevin had touched him and would have dropped anything for Kevin because uh, he would do the same for you. 
Uh, it just so happens every uh, GM meetings, his birthday was one day separate from mine. And so he would go out raging with Cashman <laughs> and Theo Epstein, and the next day uh, they would do absolutely nothing for me. And uh, we would commiserate about those two things. The average of those two birthday celebrations was something, I think, extremely memorable. But Kevin, you know, didn't matter how old you were, how much experience you had, he would he would sit next to you in the game and explain to you everything he knew. He was one of those guys who just shared everything, and he th- always looked to the betterment of the game. Uh, of course, he wanted to win that night, but I think he wanted to develop everybody around him and a tremendous storyteller. I mean, he just had just a wealth of experience that he was willing to share with everybody. I, we were all going to miss him. Last GM, I believe, to pose in an Old West get-up on the cover of a team's media guide, wasn't he? <laughs> I think you're absolutely right and somehow wore it very well. Yeah, he pulled it off. Yeah. He was uh, universally loved, and again, the game uh, is worse, uh, and, and obviously... Uh, our certainly condolences to the Towers family after, again, a brave fight uh, for him. Getting back to baseball, getting back to business at hand, it seems like the only news you've been able to break was the Glenn Perkins retirement news, uh, which you, you did in St. Cloud on the caravan, but uh, still kind of an impasse as far as a whole lot of really, really talented yet unemployed players. It's unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, you know, I think there's still technically over 100 free agents out there, cool. guys who have had some major league experience uh, within the last two seasons, and that's that's a, a staggering figure. It, you know, everyone's been asking us all off season. You know, why do you think that is? And I think we've all kind of prognosticated as best we can. The, the facts are where the calendar is turning to February tomorrow. It's on both sides. I don't think this is just on the player side. The players are looking at it and saying there's so many teams that still have so many gaping needs. On the team side, there's, we're looking at it and saying there's so many players that could fill those needs. For whatever reason, there hasn't been a cross-section of the urgency felt by either side or let alone both to generate enough movement in this market to decongest it. One of the big things you hear from the agent side is that, well, now teams are going to take the model that the Astros did or the Cubs did. They're going to bottom out first, just play young guys, and as such, they're not part of it, and that that is hurting the overall process. Do you buy that? Well, you know, I think we saw Jerry DePoto from the Seattle Mariners comment on that the other day, saying there are more teams contending for the first pick in the draft than they are for the World Series ring. And, you know, we look at it and say there may be three in our division right now. Well, remains to be seen exactly what the Kansas City Royals do with some of their free agents that are out there. But we're going to try to take advantage of that. You know, we, we walked into these opportunities last year, thought we were in a certain place in the winning cycle. Uh, we were propelled forward by the team's performance last year. I think we were propelled further forward by the fact that we may have moment in time three teams in our division who are taking a bit of a half step backwards. I think it's up to teams to be nimble, but we're in it to try to win. We're not in it to try to win the first pick in the draft again. Do you think that it's a matter of a lot of people say it's got to be the, the Darvishes and the Ariettas who sign, and that's going to start the, the thing going? Or is it a matter of teams maybe start circling around and start chipping away at the back of the glacier and pick up a, a lower-tiered free agent, if you will, to fill their needs before some of that front-end talent goes? You know, right now, as you look at the board, you know, we, we've got a board in Derek's office, no different from every other club. They're pockets. So they're pockets at the top, pockets in the middle, and pockets kind of towards the lower end. I think while you still have plentiful options, teams don't feel that urgency to move quickly on one individual. And so I think when you see any of those pockets start moving, you may see those pockets as a whole get decimated. I think we saw that in the, the relief market. Right away. Once we saw one or two of these guys go off the board, we saw just an absolute domino effect throughout the rest of the group. And there's still some left. 
Uh, but the point is, like, we, about 60 to 70 percent of them went off the board in about a two-week span. I think we'll see that in some of these pockets, but I'm not sure just a movement at the top or a movement at the bottom will beget movement throughout and maybe kind of individualized throughout these levels. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. General Manager Thad Levine is with us. I've long said that the force here for movement is going to be families. It's going to be people saying, Honey, where are we going to live? Uh, I don't really care what your agent tells you. I want to know, am I going to Florida? Am I going to Arizona? I need to set up schools. I need to set up a place to live. Uh, you've been through this. Is there any merit to my, my theory? You know, it, it, and we think the same way. You know, and you actually hear agents verbalize that. And I will say, typically the time frame that that becomes most uh, verbalized is around the holidays. So now that's obviously, you, that know, uh, you know, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a month plus past that point. But that's usually a time when you're getting together with your families. Everyone's asking the question, where are you playing next year? And, and guys tend to want to know the answer to that because they want to know where their kids are going to school or where they need to you know, buy real estate or rent or those sorts of things. It hasn't happened. We're sitting here, calendars turning tomorrow. We're two weeks from reporting, and there are guys all over the place out there. But also, similarly, not putting it all on them, there are also teams that have clear holes up and down the lineups. Let's say the staring contest goes on and camps open. Are we going to see a repeat of what was it, 95 maybe, where there was a – a training camp for unsigned players all working out together down in Florida? If it keeps going on too much longer, so in the staring contest, I may need to have someone spritzer my eyes <laughs> periodically. But, I, you know, we've heard that. We've heard that, and I don't know if that will actually come to fruition. I don't know if that's something that's uh, posturing right now, uh, but they hope to not to have to follow through on it. But the facts are the facts. You know, there's only so many guys who can just be working out in their local college setting uh, with the wealth of players who are out there, they may actually try to come together, and the union may support that. Now we'll see when these pockets start uh, moving. In the meantime, Super Bowl is center stage here in Minneapolis. Uh, I was wondering earlier today, uh, you grew up just outside of D.C., were you a John Riggins guy? Were you a, uh, a Hogs guy? Did you have a little fake nose? And apparently I was wrong on both counts. You know, I grew up um, a Baltimore Orioles fan and by association then a Baltimore Colts fan when I was a very young kid. And the band and the whole bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, uh, they backed up the truck and took them out of town. <laughs> and I think that was one of the many times I cried like a baby. And uh, so that I became a nomad after that, and I think now a Baltimore Ravens fan. But I'm just hoping for a great game. I, you know, it's a spectacular event, and hopefully the game will match it on the field. So when you were out on the sandlot at school, you weren't like, I'm Riggins. You, no. weren't, you weren't sporting the homemade 44. No, I was Lydell Mitchell and uh, Burt Jones under center. All right, Burt Jones. You look like a Burt Jones. Yeah. You can pull that off. All right, we appreciate you joining us here. Uh, and uh, if and when we hear from you, I guess that means the pockets are starting to move a little bit in free agency. You will be the ninth person we'll let know if we Yes, I'm in the top ten. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. One of the guys who doesn't have to explain to his family where he's going to be, that's Addison Reed. He's going to join us next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. The 2-2, he got him. Strike three called, and Morneau thought that one was low. Had the plate. That's out number two. First punch out for Reed here today. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Again, we're Facebook Live right now uh, and all across the uh, Treasure Island Baseball Network. Taking a brief respite from football here with the eyes of the football world on the Twin Cities to talk a little Twins baseball and one of the newest members of the Minnesota Twins. And we are excited to welcome Addison Reed, not only to Twins territory, but to the Hot Stove Show. And Addison, we're, you know, feeling pretty good here about the Super Bowl and the eyes of the NFL. But where you're spending your winter, I guess the uh, eyes of the NFL or the greats of the NFL are always surrounding you. Yeah, over here in uh, Canton, Ohio, the uh, home of the Football Hall of Fame. I've been there, like I said earlier, I've been there two more times than I thought I'd ever be. But, uh, no, it's a, it's a good place. And, uh, 
big game here coming up on Sunday. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about how you ended up coming to Minnesota. Obviously, the Super Bowl is coming this weekend, and uh, one name that keeps coming up is a former teammate of yours and a guy who was a colleague of ours and one of our all-time favorites, and that's Michael Kadire. And I know that in his role as a special assistant, he had a lot of good things to say about you. You guys teamed together with the Mets. How did this process unfold, and was Michael involved? Oh, Cuddy's a man. Yeah, I talked to uh, I talked to Dad probably a couple of weeks before the whole deal went down, and he said that Cuddy had a, a bunch of good things to say about me. Guess I'm gonna have to write a check to Cuddy when I see him in spring training. <laughs> but no, yeah, we were uh, when I went over there in 2015 to the Mets. Uh, Cuddy was on the team, and he's one of my all-time favorite teammates. He was he was a great guy, great leader. You kind of the young guys, you could see how they kind of attached to his hip, kind of just watch what he did and. And if you followed what he was doing, it was you're usually going to do the right thing. So definitely a good guy to be around, a good team guy. But when the whole offseason started, obviously kind of wanted to stay in the Midwest. Like I said, I moved to Canton, Ohio uh, two years ago. So I've been kind of kind of falling in love with the Midwest. It's good people, a uh, good place to raise a, raise a family. have my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter here. So obviously want to stay in the Midwest. Um, then when I heard that the Twins were interested, uh, pretty much got on the phone with my agent and said, try and, try and make something happen with them. And uh, sure enough, a few weeks after I talked to Thad, they, they kind of told me that uh, things were moving moving a little quick and something might happen soon. So uh, things happen really quick, and, and now I'm on, on the Twins. Can't be happier. You know, what's funny is because we've seen you for so long. You know, you came up so quickly and were successful so quickly with the White Sox. It feels like you've been in the league forever. You're still only 29 <laughs> years of age. Does it feel like a blink since you were, uh, you know, closing out games for the White Sox as a 22, 23-year-old? It has gone super quick. I remember the, the 2011 year when I got called up in September like it was last week. Uh, I'll tell you pretty much every detail. It's, it definitely has gone by quick. Hopefully, hopefully there's many more to come, but I'm focused on this year and, and the next year in Minnesota. So it'll be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I tell you, you join a very interesting bullpen because between you, Fernando Rodney, and Zach Duke, that's the three new members of this bullpen, that's 35 big league seasons between the three of you. That is something. <laughs> Over 1,700 games and 429 saves. I took the other six guys, assuming maybe like a nine-man pen early in the year, I just threw in Taylor Rogers, Hildenberger, Boosnitz, Presley, Duffy, John Curtis. They total 13 years and 522 games. So <laughs> suddenly, you know, you're only 29, but you're one of the gray beards. Is that a role that you are kind of excited about, having these young, fresh-faced guys who got so much invaluable experience a year ago that you can kind of take under your wing? Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. And like you said, I'm, I'm one of the older ones there, but then we have uh, Zach Duke and, and Fernando Rodney make me seem like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a teenager. Um, no, but it, uh, it'll be fun. Uh, I always remember you know, the White Sox, you, you had guys like Matt Thornton, uh, Jesse Crane, a former twin, mm-hmm. um, guys you could always look up to, and, and they kind of just, they're, those are all kind of guys that you just kind of watch, and if you kind of follow what they're doing, you'll 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 probably be doing the right thing. So I'd, I'd like to think that I kind of watch the right guys and I kind of go about my business the right way. But yeah, hopefully hopefully these, these younger kids can kind of watch how I go about my business, how I do my thing, kind of kind of what I was doing a couple of years ago in, in Chicago and Arizona, and hopefully they can watch what I do and and uh, be successful as well. New Twins reliever Addison Reed is our guest on the Hot Stove Show, and you live in Canton, Ohio now with your family, Addison, but you grew up in Southern California. You played at San Diego State. You said you felt like a teenager when you look at Rodney and Duke. Uh, take us back. What were you like as, as a young guy? You're a big guy. Were you a multi-sport guy, or was pitching always your thing? I was uh, always not, not a multi-sport. I was always baseball. 
but I was a first baseman all the way up until my senior year of high school. My, I mean, my whole life, I thought if I if I ever made it to the big leagues, it was going to be as a first baseman, and that uh, that quickly changed my senior year of high school when I started pitching. Uh, kind of fell in love with pitching. Always had a good arm at first base, but never really got to use it. I can swing the bat a little bit, so I'm I'm kind of disappointed that uh, <laughs> that, there's, that there's no the pitchers don't hit in the AL. Maybe I'll take some batting practice and uh, keep things sharp. But uh, no, I I didn't start pitching until until I was a senior in high school. And I I, I honestly think that's kind of why uh, why my arm has felt so good uh, up until this point in my career. Uh, I, my arm is relatively fresh compared to. I mean, you see kids nowadays, they're they're oh. seven years old, throwing curveballs, uh, throwing 200 innings a year in Little League and travel ball. But I didn't start throwing until till my senior year of high school, and I think that's kind of really helped me out. So what made the, the switch? What was the reasoning for your high school coach to finally say, hey, let's take that giant over at first base and let him uh, get out on the, <laughs> on the mound? There, people have always said that I had a good arm. Uh, never, never really did anything much with that other than just laugh it off and Everybody said it, and then, then I don't even really know what made my coach decide to have me get off the mound, but I threw a bullpen, and next thing you know, I started pitching my senior year. So it wasn't really anybody just specifically saying, hey, this, this kid needs a pitcher, this kind of a thing. Everybody kind of was like, yeah, you, you've always had kind of a good arm. Uh, let's see what you can do. And my high school coach, it, it wasn't something that I did. I wasn't begging him to, to go off the mound. Like I said, I, I enjoy hitting too much to, to get off the bump. Uh, during those days, uh, he, he wanted me to he wanted me to pitch, so got off the mound and kind of just went from there. All right, well, pack your bats. No twin has hit a home run since Jim Cott. No twin pitcher, so <laughs> that's still out there for you. And uh, I have a feeling you'll be in Molly's ear every time a game goes goes late and, and they need an extra an extra stick. Uh, and you bring oh, those yeah. bats, and I you'll be ready to go. In New York, I got left on the on deck circle twice. Kind of. I'm kind of bitter about that. We'll see. It's going to be more difficult being in the AL now, but uh, you never know. You could be very persuasive. Well, we're not going to leave you in the on-deck circle. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a bit and close up shop on another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show with Addison Reed and three cuts when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show all across the Treasure Island Baseball Network from our network headquarters Right here at Target Field. Target Field, of course, all caught up in Super Bowl week here in downtown Minneapolis. Well, it was great to get to know Addison Reed a little bit. We'll hear more from him in a little bit. Now, if you want to see Addison Reed in person, well, good news. There's tickets available for the home opener. It's Thursday, April the 5th against the Seattle Mariners. Twins open on the road this year. They'll be in Baltimore. It seems to be a yearly tradition, the giant orange carpet, then a trip to Pittsburgh. Home opener Thursday, April 5th against the Seattle Mariners, and tickets are available for that game. You can go online right now and pick up your tickets to the 2018 regular season home opener. Now, on February 17th, you're going to want to maybe take a little time to yourself, circle that on your calendar, because on February 17th, just a couple of weeks away, single-game tickets go on sale for the rest of the year. Of course, you can do all of that online Again, February 17th, the number to circle on your calendar when single-game tickets for games here at Target Field go on sale. And you can do it all online. Stay with us here in the Hot Stove Show. Back with more Three Cuts with Addison Reed when we return on your home for Twin Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. 
Well, welcome back to our final segment. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show as we take a little bit of break from the football madness and get back to baseball. Thad Levine joined us earlier, and Addison Reed joins us uh, for a second go-around here. He said he likes to hit, so we're going to give him three cuts to close out our show today. Addison, you're going to be playing for a Hall of Famer in Paul Molitor, and for a lot of people, that mm-hmm. can be different. For you, though, it's old hat, because you played for the great Tony Gwynn when you were at San Diego State. What was that experience like, and what's it like as a high school kid having Tony Gwynn come sit in your living room and tell you you ought to come play for him? That's exactly the reason why I went to San Diego State. We went down there, me and my dad drove down to San Diego State. Kind of they were interested, they wanted to have me down as kind of like a unofficial visit. Uh, went down there, Tony Gwynn walks in the conference room, and he's talking to me, telling me that he wants me to play at San Diego State. They, All the coaches give their little talk, their little spiel. They walk out of the room, and I look at my dad, and I'm like, holy crap. Like that, that, Tony Gwynn just told me he wants me to play at San Diego State. Yeah. This is where I'm going. <laughs> Pretty hard um, to say no to Tony Gwynn, I would think. Yeah, for, for I, I had uh, it's lined up to other colleges. Didn't even go on those. Once, once Tony Gwynn told me he wanted me to play there, that was all I needed to hear. Um, it was great playing for him, though. It was, I mean, he he told us all kind of exactly what to what to expect being in the big leagues, just just how to go about your business. He was one of those guys. He wasn't a wasn't a loud guy. wasn't a guy who was going to get in anybody's face. wasn't going to pump anybody up with his with his uh, with his words or his speeches. But if you watch what he did, there was not a guy who was who was more professional than that man. If anything, he he taught me more about just kind of how to be a good person, and I wouldn't say just me personally, everybody who went there, uh, just, just kind of how to be a, a good person, how to be a professional on and off the field. So that, those were kind of the biggest things that I, that I picked up and learned from him. Gone way too soon, and uh, dearly missed oh, yeah. Tony Gwynn. You've played for the White Sox, the Diamondbacks, the Mets, Red Sox, and now the Minnesota Twins. You've played with a lot of great teammates in a lot of those bullpens. One teammate stand out maybe is uh, having had a major influence on your career? Uh, you know what, I would, uh, I would have to say Matt Thornton. He, he was a guy who, who who kept everybody loose. He was he was a big goofy man, kept everybody laughing. But at the same time, he's he's like the pitching version of, of uh, Cuddy of Michael Kadir. If you watch him, if you're a young kid and you watch what they do, you copy what they're doing, and they're, you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything wrong if if you watch them day in and day out. Just kind of what they do, how they when they arrive to the field, what they do once they get to the field, and just kind of how they prepare for the day. Those those are two guys, position player. If you watch Cuddy pitcher if you watch matt thornton you were you're going to be in good hands yeah and if you're a twins fan you watch matt thornton against morno mauer and then jim tomey over and over <laughs> and over again final question you grew up in uh, rancho cucamonga did you have a, a favorite nfl team as we loop back to the super bowl do you have a favorite team now or a prediction for this weekend's game growing up i wasn't a big i uh, wasn't a big football fan football wasn't too big in our family baseball was was always number one it was uh wake up in the morning my dad would be watching a game recap or highlights of the Angels game from the previous night. Uh, you get home from work, the Angels game would be on as, as soon as he sat down on the couch. So baseball was always big in our family. Now, growing up, when I when I got to college, I became a big Chad Johnson fan, whereas uh, most people know he's Ocho Cinco. Uh, became a big fan of his. And uh, when I went to San Diego State, another teammate of mine was a uh, kid from Vegas who was also a huge uh, Bengals fan. So we kind of get together every Sunday, watch those games. As far as predictions for this weekend, I, I don't think you could bet, bet against Tom Brady. He's When you talk about being prepared in, in a sport or being the best at your craft, there's nobody on planet Earth that, that is as good at their sport as, as Tom Brady is at football. So it, it's hard to go against him. If I put money on it or if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd go with New England for sure. 
All right. And, of course, it was all predetermined that the only Bengals fan in Rancho Cucamonga would end up living in Canton, Ohio. Addison Reed, (laughs) we will see you at spring training in a matter of weeks. Uh, And, again, this has been the Twins Hot Stove Show. Join us again next week for more as we work our way towards the opening uh, of camp and pitchers and catchers reporting right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.